How do you sustain a career in a business that forgets who you are the minute you've walked out the door? Writer Michael Anthony Snowden's career took off in 1977 working with one of the biggest names in comedy, Richard Pryor. After that, he wrote for the Wayans Brothers on everything from In Living Color to White Chicks. So why does he still feel like every day is a hustle to get the work? And what does he do to keep jobs flowing? We'll find out that and more on this episode of The Working Director. This is The Working Director Podcast, a show that helps you go from emerging filmmaker to working director. As a filmmaker living in Los Angeles, I've directed over 130 projects, including six distributed feature films, all while helping filmmakers figure out how to level up in their careers. I do this show with one goal in mind, to help you become a working director. And if you want to join us for the live Q&A sessions and ask all of your questions, make sure you join our free private Facebook group by going to theworkingdirector.pro. I've put up your bio. People know the stuff you've worked on. But I do want to ask, because you've been doing this so long and you're still doing it, like you haven't been like, screw this business, I'm out. No. What Do you feel like there's something, like what is the thing that keeps you going, that keeps you thriving? You know, the thing is, I've been doing, you know, I have been doing it so long. You know, um, God, it's just nothing else. Does that make sense? Like, yes. It's, Every day I sit, I talk with my husband and I go, we could just quit. We could just go live on a lake in like Georgia where it's cheap to live. And like... <laughs> I can't. It's, it's, I don't know. I, I it's beyond the drug. It, you know, it beyond the drug. It's, it's just every day for me. Um, I get up at two o'clock in the morning. Oh my gosh. For years, always two o'clock in the morning. I pull a full eight hours. You know, I, I, I'll sometimes I'll sit there for like all, almost all day during the day to try to get a scene together. Just, <laughs> you know, but I, I'm, I'm very, very dedicated to what I do. You know, I, yeah. I'm very grateful. I, I'm very humble about it, but it's something that, you know, I do it. <laughs> there's, there's nothing else. There is those moments where nothing is happening. And you're, 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 we push because we do it so long, we push. And it's like, God damn, it's like we're sitting here pushing and working our ass off. And we've been doing this for a long time. And then you just see this guy or girl or person, whomever, that doesn't have any of the clue, they'll go pew, right past this. And we're going, wait a minute, he jumped the line. Yep. You know what I mean? For sure. For sure. So, it, you know, I feel like you've probably seen that a lot in your career because, I mean, you started working with the Waynes at the height of the Waynes, like, yeah, celebrity. And then, like, since then, you've found ways to continue to work. But I'm sure that there's a lot of you sometimes going, how the hell did this child <laughs> yeah. get this job over me with all this experience? How do you cope with that mentally? Is there something you do to like not get jaded? Because you don't seem jaded at all. You seem very oh, open no. and passionate yeah. and giving. Yeah, I, I because if you're loving, you're loving something so much you don't have time to do that. But what off the answer? What you were saying is, do you know how did that person jump the line of me? What's crazy is I've been writing since I was 16 years old. I started writing with Richard Pryor, and he had a TV show called The Richard Pryor Show. And people were going, how did this kid jump in front of me? You know, I, there's this uh, comedian, Paul Mooney, who used to work, work with Richard a lot. This man hated me. But it was him that told 
he didn't know those guys, hey, this guy is really funny. Aww. So that's how I, just because of that, I ended up working up there. But you know what? I, it doesn't, if the person is doing the work and they go ahead of me, I'm like this. Yeah. I'm like this. And also that, I become the fan. When somebody is sitting there going, I, you know, oh, I'm struggling this and that. I make sure that if there is no struggle with me, consistency. You know, just be consistent. Keep writing. Just, you know, put your head down and get this draft done. Do you ever feel like, and I'm sure you write, but do you ever feel like saying, fuck it, I'm going to green light myself? You know, oh, I mean, I have plenty. My last feature film, uh, I we tried to raise money for it. We couldn't raise enough. And we had like, we had, we had, we had $35,000 and yeah. like a $2 million plus picture. And I was like, you know what? Let's call in every favor I've earned over 20 years. And let's make it happen. And then um, our executive producer, Summer Walters, came in and gave us enough money to be able to get Kadeem Hardison to join us and she had a little bit to join us so we could get a couple names. But like, yeah, I mean, I feel like everybody needs to green light themselves. Otherwise, you're sitting in this town constantly waiting yeah. for that. Yeah, I, 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 I totally agree with that. And see, see, for writers, you can write, okay? You could sit in front of your computers and all this. And all the like direct, I, I'm always going to be the writer first. And then I'm very collaborative. You know, I um I don't yell on set. I'm a I, I I'm so against that. I don't like no I don't like anyone talking down to like PAs or women. I I, I can, you know, I, I I would be up in the in the hills. We wouldn't be talking if I knew how to play that game right and just go and yell at everybody. But I can't do that. Every director I've always worked with, they had a certain vision. And where I would go, it would tell me their vision. And they go, well, what do you think? And I go, well, listen, I have a lot of thoughts, but let's get what you're trying to convey across first. So that person, it gives them uh, it gives them agency to come to me and they just say, oh, I feel this, I see this, I see this. And I go and I write that. And then I come back with my notes. Then I go, this is what you, you wanted to write in this scene, but this is what I think goes. And then- right. The conversation is so effortless. What aspect do you feel you keep working as far as, do you feel like it's your relationships you've built over the years? Do you feel like, like how does job to job come to you? Well, interesting enough to say that is, I, you know, I, I have the connections over the years, just the connections over the years. And when when work slows down, Sometimes even to the point where it dries up. Okay. When it, it, it's, it's like, it's like Sahara Desert kind of dry. But I go, oh, I know I need to keep going. And I'll, I'll talk to somebody I'd known from way back in the day. And they're in the same situation. They're not, you know, they're writing their ass off, but it's like their agent can't push their material across, you know, and, I, I stopped working with an agent. I was working with an agent since I was a kid. I finally stopped. I only had really one agent for a long time. Her name was Lucy Stutz. God. But we were both young. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We basically grew up together. So after 
she retired. I tried to get with a couple of agents and I said, no more. And then when I, when I did that, it seemed like I was out in the water by myself. So I said, I have to swim or drown. And I would start swimming and I would start telling people, I would start going, hey, can I get a general with you? Hey, yeah, I'm like, what's that? And I'm always loaded. Talk about like with an yeah. ideas and, yeah. you know, carry enough water so you can walk across the desert. Just carry enough water. And what meaning, you know, save them, save that little money. Put those, put that, like, when that residual comes, put that residual up. Just, pu just put it up, you know, uh, invest in a computer, the software, and just the ability to just go, I'm going to love this work. And I, and I, I'm telling you, I know this sounds easier said than done, but I'm a true believer of manifestation. I live my life about that. And I, I know that when people go, I'm, I feel inspired. I'm going to go and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write. They become this much closer to selling their, their work. Yeah. So they don't even realize it. And that inspires me to keep going. And that inspires me to be able to knock on the doors because that's what I do. I'll knock on the doors when it, when it's, you know, because we have families to feed. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't care about being a, a salesman and go, Hey, I got this script, read it. All right. Which I don't just demand you like that, but I make pitch decks. Okay. Very, very, very thorough. And I send the pitch deck out before I send the script. And whenever I send that pitch deck out, I make my, I'm sure my pitch deck is 10 pages long, you know, synopsis, you know, like characters, uh, tone, what the style is, if it's inspired by music. And then if it's a TV show, I put in why this show, why is this, why, why is this show important to the network? And I'll, if it's like a, a show about African-American, I'll try to make sure. I don't plug that part in, you know, that, oh, these are these because it's it's time for uh, somebody to see black characters, this and that. I make sure that that character is strong enough that it, it doesn't have a. Color. You don't have to say that. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. You know, and so when I do that, I make sure I cap capture them. I make sure I, 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 I get their attention. And then at the, at, at the very end of the deck, I go script available on request. Even though if I know them, you know, or not, I make sure that I don't take advantage of a friendship and I make sure that I'm very appreciative to any and everybody that is willing to work with me or, or want to work with me, you know, and or throw, uh, hey, here's some work. And when I say throw some work my way, trust me, I don't care what I've done in the past or anything like that. It's that is a blessing. You know what I mean? I'm like, okay. You know, I said somebody, I, I, I don't have no ego like that where it's like, hey, I don't, I don't, this movie, I done white chicks, I've been done. Man, no. You know what I mean? I like, I did that, that back then. I get a chance to express myself while keeping food on the table, you know, because I do small jobs, I do big jobs, but I do. That's one thing I've got to tell young writers. Do not snub your nose at, up at anybody. 
or any kind of job. I'm not working for him. He's only going to give me $5,000. Hey, <laughs> hey, $500 is worth it, me better than $500, you know? So I'm always grateful that I'm able to um, be fearless enough to not be afraid to knock on doors, not not be afraid to cold call. And I don't I don't have to a lot of times, but I don't have it. I don't have an agent, you know, because now I feel like only thing an agent can do for me is just give me the information. The one thing I do want to say, and I want to say this about you and I, nobody's coming to save us. Nobody is coming to save us. You're you're doing this live interview with me because this thing is in your blood. You're going, well, you know, such and such ain't giving me a job or I got I have to go here with my husband and and we gotta earn means uh raise this amount of money and nobody's gonna come for you. Nobody's coming for us. So it's so we're doing not even we're doing what we can. We're doing what we love and that that builds the blocks. Now that we have this rapport going back and forth, if you go hit me up and go, Hey, um, I was thinking about da 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 or I'm putting together a deck. Can you look at our, our this neck? You have that open door policy with me. And that's how, that is how I keep going. And that's how you keep going. And that's how we help each other keep going. That's what I, that's I keep. I keep telling everybody, they're like, how do you make it? You make friends. Yes. Don't make connections. Yes. You make yes. friends. Absolutely. Ab absolutely. A hundred percent. I'm very grateful because it doesn't matter what I do or what I've done. It, what matters is that what I'm doing now and how I'm doing it and how I'm able to tell other people, hey, this is what I'm doing. Obviously, you have a little, you have a name behind you that helps, but for someone who doesn't have a name, is there advice that we can give to filmmakers who are like, they're picking up the phone, how are you having that conversation? How are you pitching yourself? Um, I I always, oh God, like for me, if if he has that short film, well, I'm doing this like it's a camp me, like 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 film film. But if he has a short, even if that short isn't complete, if he has a short that is interesting enough, I say cold call. I say hey. I have a short that I have on Vimeo. Here's the link. Now, at that point, you don't know if you're going to call or not. You're just fishing. You're 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 fishing, and you're going to stay fishing for the whole day. You're going to go. I don't have. I have a regular nine to five job, but I'm going to squeeze this time in here to make these calls. And it can be rude to you, and like we're not interested. The only way you're going to get an agent if you have a a short that's in a festival or whatever, take that information, goes, okay, cool, I'll, I'll go in a festival, but I'm going to still keep calling you and bug them. It's actually smart to be like, well, you said if I had an agent, well, here's the agent now. <laughs> now it's your excuse. Just keep yeah. getting that data until yeah. they can no longer say no. I love that. I, I met him a long time ago. The guy who wrote Hereditary was selling horror movies to Netflix. They were producing themselves. They would like go budget of two to five thousand dollars. They would go, okay, well, I seen I seen Cabin in the Woods. Yes. 
So I see that I'm not going to go big like they did, but what I what I'm interested in is the the cabin and the surroundings of the cabin. cabin fever the same thing. So they think that way and they make it one location, you know, or, or a couple of locations and they're able to pull that off. And I believe that 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 guy was making because I didn't see anything he did until Hereditary, but I I know he was making these films on shoestring budgets, and there was no no. There, there was no. I have to believe there was no. There was no for this guy Jordan Peele. Same thing. There is no. There was no. But there's no. no. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But there's that. You know what I mean? It's just like, forget this. You're not gonna say no to me. You know, I'm, I'm going to go in here and I'm going to do this. You don't want to help me get out of the way because I know that there's a camera I can use, even if it's, even if it's iPhone, you know, I, I got this camera. I got, I have this know how to do it. Look at this. Well, well, maybe you should know. This is my link. Look at it. Well, I don't have time. No, no, no. <laughs> you know, no, no, no. I think that this is two minutes. I think that you can do two minutes out of your day. And even though they go, this guy's a cop, you know, <laughs> doing this stuff, da, 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 da. at some point, if you keep doing it and, oh, donuts help. <laughs> donuts help. My wife tells me, she says, always leave food on the edge of your desk because that's people come by. They want to give the assistants donuts. The assistant to that person get send them donuts, send them something, and then they'll remember and they go, "Oh, he just went out." Da 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 da. And I'm able to ask that next question. Well, what's it that he's looking for? And you know, they send me like when it's a uh, TV show, they send me like about three or four pages of what each network is looking for, and so I'm able to go, "Okay, uh, Fox is have they're now half of the programming is uh, reality." And the other half is they're looking for our dramas. So I try to find out who has got a deal that's doing our drama, and I reach out to them. And, it, and, and they go, and sometimes I'll get to their agent and they go, well, listen, uh, uh, such and such is like very busy and we don't know when, da 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 da. And I'll always go, okay, thank you. Because when I got to that part, I know I can get to the next part. Maybe not with these people. But I know that I keep hustling. I get to the next part. I'm I'm, I'm fearless with this. It's crazy that is is the stuff that I know you've done in your career, in your early career, that you're still it, like the hustle never seems to end. Like it's just like oh. if you're in this business, you got to be in it for the long haul. You've got to be okay with the hustle, which yeah. I hate. That I think people should be throwing things at you. Of course, <laughs> you know because of the work you have done and. They're looking at that work and it's like, what do you got now? Like, what do you have now? And this is the frustrating part. I can't even tell you how many scripts I've sold. And after you get that money and that money's good, after you get that money, you start going, okay, I got the money, but okay, what's happening with right. movie? Yeah. Like, next thing you know, and you're like in development hell, or they tell you, hey, Oh, this is the this is the biggest one. They buy your script to get it off the market because oh. they got Tom Cruise doing something that they can possibly take your script 
and steal pages. They did that to me for speed. Holy speed. And it, I mean, you know, it's, it, it's, God, it's, it's, it happens to you enough, not a lot, but enough where you can go, okay, I can't take this personal, but I got to tell you, I'm going to come at you harder next time. I'm going to come at you where, where when you do say, oh, I'm going to buy this, I, I, I have the leverage. Yeah. Say, well, you know what? I'm going to walk away. And that's, that's my leverage. I go, I don't have the money that you're about to give me already. So, you know, like, I don't have that money already. So whatever, just, I'm, I'm just going to take the script. And, and, and that's more so due to the fact that they don't have any respect for the writer. You know, they don't, they don't have that respect for them. Candace yeah. says, in Living Color and Hanging with Mr. Cooper are close to my heart. It's a treat listening to you speak. Was your first TV writing in Living Color? Yes. No, no, I, I'm sorry. The first writing job I ever had when I just turned 16 or 17 with uh, the Richard Pryor show. It was on, it was on NBC. But I was so young, I couldn't even get my name on the credits. Wow. On credits. But that was the, that was the very, very first time I had been in a, t uh, in a, in a room. But then after that, it was um, it was in Living Color. And um, after Living Color, I had a deal over at Fox. Always tell people, I was like, if you want to call it that. But what was good, I ended up meeting Mel Brooks. I seen The Simpsons from, you know, I, I got to watch Tracy Omens. I seen The Simpsons from when they first started. Um, and they used to call me Golden Boy. Go get the gold boy because I was selling things and I, I was like, I was just, you know, I wasn't, they just knew me from writing, you know, and then Tony Scott gave me a, um, gave me a, a nod and said, this guy, he's pretty good. And I did that. And then you, I just, after a while, you kind of, you don't get burned out, but you kind of start questioning like you start questioning not yourself. You start questioning people that start showing up around you. Executives, uh, writers, directors, actors. You start wondering, well, this person, all they care is they want that check. They want that notoriety so they can walk around Hollywood and say, I produced this, I directed this. And that kind of started rubbing me the wrong way because they started not caring about the creativity. We go through so much in this business and... It's completely inspiring. I agree with, with Candace. It's so inspiring to just go, you still have so much passion for this and you're still so giving and you're still in it, even though it's still a hustle every day for you. Yeah. Uh, so I know that like when you're sitting there some days and you're probably like, I'm going to burn this script. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, just like, you know, know that there are people who are like, yeah. you're inspiring them too. I feel that I want to be able to share that where, hey, this is not going to cost you any money. This is not going to cost you anything, but asking me the question and then going off and doing the work. So I'm always appreciative when somebody comes and go, they think I'm important enough to ask me these questions, to want to, to know what my pro my process is and everything. And, you know, for Candace and Martin is, Hey, you are a writer. You are a director. You are a producer. Stop letting people tell you differently. Stop letting TikTok 
in Instagram, Facebook, stop letting all that get in your head. Because the most of those people that sit in there and go, oh man, I'm gonna do my shit. They're not doing anything. One last thing I wanna say, I really wanna say this. No matter if you're working in a movie or a TV show, I can't stress this enough. Put together a deck. If it's two pages, if it's three pages, hopefully it's more than two pages, but put together a deck. If you can, put together a sizzle reel. That's another thing. I did a sizzle reel with Kanye West. I'll share that with you. All we did, all we did is it was it was a um, dystopian kind of like future. All we did is I, I just cut together from different movies. And it made it cohesive, made it look like it was from one thing. Yeah. And we were able to go and, and pitch it. Anything that I could share with you and anything that you wanted to reach out and ask me, do I know? I really would like you to, and I really wouldn't care because we need that right now. Love it. Thank you. And everybody... Michael is on TikTok and his videos are, they're poignant and hilarious. <laughs> I never say anything um, bad about anybody. I, I always, I'm always uplifting, you know, and you might one day need that. And I know you need it. So I want to be able to give it to you. <laughs> I love it. And thank you so much for having me. I'm, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. It, oh. it was, it was. It was uh, good to do this. I love it. It's, it's been fantastic. Thank you, everybody who was live with us. Um, thank you, everybody who's listening to the replay. And we'll catch you on the next. Thanks for listening to the Working Director Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, please rate and review as it helps others find the show and helps us keep making great content for you. And if you want even more help with your directing career, check out theworkingdirector.pro, where you can apply to be part of the accelerator that hones in on where you currently are and helps you get to where you want to be. Whether it's this podcast, the accelerator, or our free Facebook community for directors, we're here to help you get to work. 